What is happening, everybody? I have a different episode today for you, different format. I was on Clubhouse with Judy Fox. If you don't know Judy, Judy uh, crushed it. I loved it. She applied basically some unique points that she learned from Tipping Point, which is a Malcolm Gladwell book, absolutely amazing, and how it applies to rapidly scaling your business on social. So I thought there were some great nuggets in here. It was really eye-opening that applies whether you want to use social or not that you could leverage to really, really grow your business fast. And so I thought it was an awesome episode. So check it out and let me know what you think. What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics that the top sales and marketing leaders are using create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question and this show is the answer. Today, what we are gonna go over is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna basically dissect some of her best practices, what she's doing, how she's getting big business on LinkedIn, um, or I should say helping others get big business on LinkedIn. And we're even going to talk about the clubhouse effect with that as well. So welcome. Happy to have you on today, Judy. For uh, everyone in the audience, for you, the listener, I, can you give your... Because I've heard you, you know, and I jumped on a stage with you before, uh, but I've heard you really never give your superhero origin story. So can you give that in like a minute, maybe a minute and a half? So everybody who's just joining us now has a little bit of understanding about you and just kind of some of the things that um, got you to this point today. (laughs) I like the superhero origin story. So I like to say I am experience meets intuition flying to the sky. So I have over 20 plus years. I told you my dog was going to bark. Okay, back to superhero origin story. Yeah, let's rip into Um, it. We are basically looking at the fact that 20 plus years in, I started my career as a chemical engineer Worked my way up into Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, doing business development sales. When the economic crisis hit in 2008, 2009, I launched my own company. And for the rest of my career, I have been using LinkedIn to generate business not only for myself, but for clients and customers. So that was a big mouthful. Yeah, you knocked it out. And all while doing that, while trying to take care of the dog and the uh, <laughs> folks doing yard work as well. And so, so yeah, so really wanted to focus on, on LinkedIn as well with you today and just, just get into that. So, so, Judy, you know, what would you say, you know, from your perspective? And let, let's, let's start with, with the challenges, right? You know, because like there's, there's multiple different camps on LinkedIn. There's the spam until you can't do it anymore type of audience, right? There's there's the creators and then there's there's folks that are a little bit in the middle. So can you share your perspective on, you know, what's the best approach or way to kind of tackle LinkedIn if you're trying to create as a as a business owner, as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, revenue from it? Like how do you approach that? Like what's what's the mental mindset that you gotta get into and how do you approach it? Yeah, I think A lot of advice that might be given for LinkedIn, especially when we see people doing the spam messaging, comes from forgetting that not all businesses uh, have the same sales cycle or have the same um, 
leave time with how much trust and how much we have to go back and forth with negotiating contracts and things like that. So the biggest thing I say to people is the way you do one thing in business is the way we think you do everything. And if your business is high ticket, high trust, you're doing fixed figure contracts or you're doing long-term relationships that are going to last like a contract could last two years. You are, if you are sending spam, that's kicking off the relationship in a way that makes us think that's how you're going to treat the two years we work together. I love that. And that is what there might be the case for sending out mass messages because people get all the time in sales, the knowledge um, it's in the numbers. Uh, we got to reach out to a lot of people, but the best thing that I've learned, I've studied people like Jay Abraham and um, going all the way back to like Peter Drucker or just the concepts of management and bigger picture, how you treat people kind of like the how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Those relationships that you build are longer term and you don't have to build thousands to have a thriving business if you have a high ticket, high trust industry. Okay. And I love that. And I love, I want to dig in a little Jay Abraham too, because I love him. He's, oh, he's, yeah. he's an underappreciated, uh, I don't want to say commodity because that sounds, that, that cheapens his ability, but resource, I should say. Uh, he's got a lot of gold that he produces. But what, yeah. what, what would you define high ticket, high trust solutions as in terms of your reference right now? Yeah. So somebody in, if I just break down different industries, somebody in the financial service industry, somebody in the medical field, somebody in engineering and technology, if we have a tech company, a lot of people will say, yeah, but our software is something we can just sell and it's not high ticket, high trust. And I said, don't we have to trust that the software works? So maybe it's not as high ticket, but it's high trust. So either one, either category, you want to think about your business sales differently than it's just about the numbers. And spamming people is not going to work on LinkedIn. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, it's the same thing with email. It's just not going to work if you're you're pounding them and then just kind of move it on from there. So, yeah. so uh, what is the opposite of spamming? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So let's lead into that. Like what... What's your, your mental framework when you kind of look at this? So let's go oppo. Let's go oppo of spamming, right? What's the other approach? I would say if you want to convert people to a private conversation, because that is what a direct message is. A spammed direct message is the desire to want a private conversation. Nobody's watching that conversation. It's in the direct messages. If that's your goal... I tell people all the time, even seeing you having public conversations on LinkedIn will convert to more responses to your private direct messages. So I recommend you go on LinkedIn and that does not mean create content. It potentially means create a list of people who are constantly creating great conversations that you could add your two cents to, that you could show up for, that you can make public comments so we can see how you talk to other people and then we're more likely to reply to your direct message. Mm, okay. So how do you do that on a larger basis? Because I've, I've seen how some folks approach it. But how, how do you approach it? What's, 
what's your way in terms of like coaching people on how to handle that? To, I don't want to say slide into the DMs because that sounds negative, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, the two, what I would say, the two fastest and easiest ways to do that is start with the LinkedIn news. So when you open up your home screen on the right-hand side, you have all of the LinkedIn news editors curating conversations around current topics. They might be working from home. They might be Apple is announcing something or it might be a trending topic, something that's happening. And the other, and I pay attention to who are the LinkedIn editors, who is the chief editor, which is Dan Roth. You might look at his creator content that he puts out every week, or what is he promoting? What is LinkedIn literally promoting? Because those are the conversations they want to amplify on LinkedIn. And if you join those conversations, again, people get obsessed with, but I need to talk exactly about the thing I'm trying to sell. No, you want to be a good communication partner. So you earn the right to be able to talk privately in the direct messages about the thing you're trying to sell. Love that Judy. We've talked before. I've never heard you go down this route. So I love, I love what you're talking about here. And you know, I remember that there's something I did. Oh man, this is about a year and a half ago and I haven't really plugged into it. So do you jump in and look at like the trending topics and then bounce into those, look through top curated messages and then attack it from there? Or how do you take this a couple steps further more tactically? Yes. So tactically, I actually have spreadsheets for all of my clients. So, and these spreadsheets, people get obsessed with the hundreds, right? Like let's get a hundred of our top prospects that we need to go after. And it comes down to these huge numbers. I have a client that our list, we don't even have to scroll on an Excel spreadsheet and it's 14 point font. So if you know what I'm talking about, it literally is about 20 people. Half of them are LinkedIn news editors that talk and post. We have curated a list for this client that these editors currently post about topics this client can show up easily on and have an opinion and it works for generating conversation for his clients and getting him results. And the other 10 is what I either call, it's based on a mixture of Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Look for the mavens, the persuaders, and the connectors on LinkedIn. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you either have to hire me or have to go to Malcolm Gladwell's book (laughs) and figure out who those people are and curate that list. Because a small list of curated people who are part of what I call your business tipping point is exactly why do things tip? Why do people show up online and get so much content visibility and I can't get one person to like my post and I come down to the strategies around influence and tipping point. So I curate lists for my clients that are super niche, uh, parallel business partners that feed in that don't maybe compete with your business, but they are parallel and they could feed and they can become amazing referral partners. Again, leaning into the advice I've learned from Jay Abraham. So it's kind of a mixture of all three of those things that creates a tight list of about 10 to 20 people. And you can have that same 10 to 20 people for the next 
five to 10 years and that would serve your business in a more sustainable way. And I'm living proof and my clients are some really strong living proof. Okay. So Judy just dropped some bombs. So if you just joined, you, you got to write this down. Okay. So can you do a really hyper quick recap, Judy, so that those that are just joining us can make sure they got those. And even those that were listening, but didn't have pen and paper out, do that and uh, share that so that they can, they can make note. This concept that you can mix high, you have a high ticket, high trust item. If you have anything that people have to trust you to be able to get sales or it is high ticket or it's when I say high trust, you have to work together for the next two years. You're going to want to trust the people you hire. So those types of businesses and contracts on LinkedIn, if you're doing any of those types of sales, leaning into referral partners, leaning into public conversations. And if you want to find great public conversations to join, join in the LinkedIn news editors, what they curate as their top picks and start engaging there. And what else did I say? Cause I'm trying to curate. Yeah, no, it's like, good. I'll help you out. I'm, I'm taking notes okay. here. <laughs> so you got, you got your, your top news editors from LinkedIn, right? Cause they, they have, uh-huh. they're like almost like news jacking, right? So you're, you're leveraging, you know, the, the attention that they have. Um, generally, I think you, you approach it kind of like a general approach, but then also niche uh, that supports your market through people that are what you refer to as a Malcolm Gladwell tipping point. Um, and those are parallel partners, I think is what you call them. So they're um, non-competitive, but partners that have a lot of attention already. And then comment and note and be involved in the conversation so people could see that there. Um, and then you were also talking about how you, for your clients, leverage that as a curated list. And that's, I think that's where we're at. Did I miss anything? Yeah. No, I think we're good. I think, I think what people are potentially struggling with on LinkedIn is this idea that okay, you could go out and comment and you can do all this stuff, but it is a mixture of how do you set yourself up to build trust so that people can refer you easily. Because if anyone is in here and they've ever received a message saying, thank you so much for connecting on LinkedIn. Let me know if I can connect you with anyone in my network or if I can refer you. That is not referral partnership and that's not referral energy on LinkedIn that works. I know that sounds funny to people, but we forget that if you really want to create great a referral pipeline for yourself, it's over time you have to build it up because it is not you can actually hurt your referral uh, what's the word your referral trust. If you immediately connect with people and say, yeah, yeah, connect with Ryan. Can you imagine if I sent Ryan 10 leads of people I had never talked to in my entire life? I've just met five seconds ago and I'm acting like he should trust me. I immediately lose all my trust and credibility in networking. If I send him completely strangers that I actually don't even know could be potentially not great people. Yeah. So that's why this energy around just connect and send me a referral. And I, I would love to get on a conversation with you. I just met you five seconds ago. I have zero trust in you. You're going to have to build that up over time. And the fastest way to build it up is to be a public commenter because I will trust 
more psychologically seeing you engage in high quality conversations than these private, let's get on a call with a random stranger. Yeah. I, I have a lot of those, like, let's just jump on a quick call. Like you winked at me. Like, like you, you, <laughs> you open a message. Let's jump on a call. And I'm just like, I don't get enough time for all those calls. Like, so, so I, I got you. So and I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about growth strategies. Russell Brunson talks about it in traffic secrets of how, you know, he used to take 20 minutes a day and he would have his curated list of people to comment and um, interact with, not just to show support for those people, not only to show that, but also um, he would gain a lot of followers and in, in basically just, I don't want to say notoriety, but public credibility from that. Is that kind of what you're referring to is, is taking a designated amount of time a day and being active and involved in those conversations or can you just walk a little bit deeper? all the way to when this probably got started as a seed in my head was early on in my career in my business I had a boss you know sit me down he was about near retirement and I was in my early 20s and he said all the time in life and business as you move forward whatever happens in your career look for the bees and I was like what the bees <laughs> what do you mean like the bumblebees like what are we talking about bee students I don't know um, it stands for brains, energy, enthusiasm. Go out and look for the bees. So you may, and I know that kind of merges with me then reading a book later on in my career called Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, which kind of actually describes personalities around people who have what I call the brains, energy, and enthusiasm that that boss told me to look for. But he said, if you're ever going to hire, if you're ever going to network, if you're ever going to look for a great boss, a great team, a great consultant, remind yourself, do they have the brains to do it? A lot of people have the training. A lot of people have the education. Do they have the enthusiasm? Do they actually like what they're doing? I think sometimes we forget and discount how much influence and impact we can have when we just learn and interact with people who actually like what they're doing and have enthusiasm about it. And do they have the energy around it? And that kind of is, do they have the ability to implement whatever it is or what you're working on together? Do they have energy in general towards, I don't know, I feel like we discount how much energy it takes to actually get something done. And so do they have the brains, energy, and enthusiasm? And I think looking for those people in your network and just building those relationships because you actually, you just want to hang out with them and you want to learn from them and you want to over time study all the things that you're doing. You might pick some of the big names. You might pick like a Gary Vaynerchuk or a, I don't know, a big, I don't know, somebody who's got millions and millions of followers, but we also forget that somebody starting today could have a million followers in three or four years and you're not sitting around trying to be like, hmm, let me pick somebody <laughs> that I know they're going to have a million followers. They may not. It doesn't matter. But if you literally just keep leaning into brains, energy, and enthusiasm for their topic and their niche, you'll curate a list of great people you love interacting with on social media. All right. I, I like that. I love the bees. And now tipping point. The bees. The bees. <laughs> the bees. So the, uh, the tipping point, where did that come into play? Because 
I read that book and like, you know how like you read a book at one point in your life and I'm starting like, I used to be one of those people. I'm like, okay, I read that book. I'm done. Right. That used to be my mindset. And I've started, there's one book called U squared. Have you, do we talk about this at all, Judy? I don't remember if I talked to you about that yet. We might have, but I haven't read it. Okay. It's 36 pages. Right. Okay. And it's a book where, so I'm in this like very, very high level mastermind and the gentleman running it said, you need to read this book. Everybody needs to read this book once a week, every week until this book becomes a part of you for at least a year. And, and then I started talking to other people and they're like, Hey, this, this book is the most recommended book by billionaires that of, of any other book that I've had. So the reason why I'm saying that is I might go back and read Tipping Point again because I read it probably 10 years ago, maybe, no, maybe 15 years ago. And I am a completely different person. So that was a long diatribe into a totally different direction. But tell me where Tipping Point plays in with the bees because that's where I was going with this. Yeah, so you are correct. If you read Tipping Point, you will not get out what I got out of it. And it, it, I mean, you can. I won't say you cannot. That's aggressive. Slow aggressive. <laughs> what I, what? Yeah, super aggressive. I'm literally taking only one chapter of that book and completely reverse engineering it to work on LinkedIn. That's okay. it. One chapter of an entire book. And I'm literally taking my full on experience, my life experiences, my experience of being on social media, and I'm reverse engineering it to apply to the stories he tells because he doesn't tell you how to really implement it. He doesn't tell you how do you look at LinkedIn and see my tipping point book in action. He doesn't do that. So my brain said, if he's telling me the way things tip in this world are to locate the mavens, the persuaders and the connectors, identify them and learn how to network with them. Well, he doesn't teach you how to do that. He just has great stories. I love Malcolm Gladwell stories, but he doesn't teach you. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So he unlocks the passion and the stories. I love that about Malcolm Gladwell and he gets me super interested but I, after reading that chapter, I was like, oh my gosh, what if I made a list of who I think in my current mindset at that moment, and that was around 2016, 2017, that I did this. And I can't remember when that book came out. I don't know. It was somewhere. I know that I fully implemented it in 2018. So I do know that 2017, 2018. So whenever I made this list, I sat down. And I said, who are the mavens? How can I identify them? What are their behaviors on LinkedIn? What do they do? How do they show up? How can I pinpoint them? How can I network with them? What do I do that shows them I'm someone that they, it's like speaking their language without me being a maven, for example. If I'm not a maven, I need to show up in a way that mavens appreciate they like and they trust and then that gets me the results that mavens give you in tipping point love that. so does that all make sense <laughs> yeah yeah i love it i think it's awesome and uh so same thing with connectors and then same thing with persuaders and if you so let me just dial it back to one thing a connector and yeah there's a million ways you can describe a connector and people hear this all the time oh i'm a connector they must have a big network 
Not necessarily. A connector is somebody, and the way you can tell somebody's a connector is they tend to have a bit of a weak ties, but able to kind of just open a door for you. They're not a great referral partner, but they're a door opener. Immediately they can be like, oh, you need to know so-and-so. You need to read this book. You need to check out this mastermind. But they don't they don't make it happen for you. They just alert you to things that you, they're kind of like a bit of an early adopter slash um, a quick door opener, but a weak tie door opener. And I think we forget how powerful weak ties just can be. I just need to be aware that somebody exists and a connector likes to reminds me of that guy in Harry Potter that kept collecting the students over the years. I can't remember his name. I don't remember either. Oh my goodness. But he was, he's a connector. He has weak ties, but he saw the value in having a curated group of like a hundred past students that he could stay connected to with. I don't know if anyone remembers that you can tell me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Slogelsworth. I don't remember the names. All right. Well, have these. And then okay, we're, yeah. we're just on time because I know you got your room in like a minute. So can, I do. can you knock out the persuaders and then we'll jump over there and yes. I'm sure we'll, we'll probably talk a about some of this. persuader, the way you can tell somebody's a persuader, because we've gotten kind of confused by Instagram influencers, which are different than persuaders. You could find a persuader that only has a hundred followers, but that is person is so persuasive to those 100 people that they can tell those 100 people about a new thing and those 100 people take action that's how you can tell somebody's a persuader and then the maven there are the easiest sign to identify a maven is they're like a roundup kind of person they love creating oh my gosh here's my amazon list here's the books i'm reading this summer the mavens are constantly summarizing their finds, their their network. They're the ones that'll say, here's the top 10 podcasts I listened to this month. And they're giving you shout outs for free because they're just loving to summarize information for you. Awesome. Well, I love that and uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you jumping on the show. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? And then um, I would love to jump into the next room. Yeah, so I am running another room right after this on creator mode and talking all about LinkedIn. So the best way to find me is click the follow button and you can go on over to Instagram. And when you're in my Instagram, in my bio, you can find all the links to get to LinkedIn or if you want to listen to podcast episodes. I have put out two YouTube videos on Social Media Examiner's channel recently, which is very exciting. So there's a lot. There you go. It's JDI is the key. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Judy. It was awesome having you on and uh, look forward to to jumping in the next group with you. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. 
Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.